Hey there, guys. It's Abigail. And it's Christian. Guys, welcome to the All My Friends Are Talented podcast. We're so excited to have you guys listening in. This is going to be the first one you guys get to hear, and we're excited to kind of just introduce ourselves a little bit and ask each other a few questions so that you can just uh, get to know us and uh, feel for who we are and um, gain some questions for later on in a different episode, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's just hop right in. All right. Abigail, (laughs) where have you seen God move the most in your life? My entire life? Mm Mm-hmm, whole life. Wow. And touch on a little bit of your testimony in there, too. It's such a broad question. I think with the people that I surround myself with the most, um, God's been very sweet to me my entire life to bring me the people that I need exactly when I needed them and um, to be the who I needed them to be and I can love them for that season but Mm. um, I think he's really taught me that just because you love somebody and that they're your friend in a season doesn't mean that they're always going to be your friend and um, and like you can still love them but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, right for the season that you're in or the, the life that you're leading now and sometimes you get on different paths and that's okay um, and that's awesome and I've had several different friend groups over the past 22 years of my life and I value and love all of them. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to speak to all of them like I used to. I don't get to do life with them like I used to. Um, but he has always continued to reveal himself to me through the people around me. And um, I wrote something a few years ago, and it was about like how I see God around me. And one of them was like hearing my parents laugh or float up the stairs to my room and yeah like obviously i don't live with my parents anymore so i don't get to hear their laughter like that anymore and i don't get to just wake up on a saturday morning after sleep who sleeps in on saturdays anymore i mean come on um <laughs> i'm happy for you ian um but you know i don't get to sleep in on a saturday and just hear my parents laughter waking me up anymore yeah. which is fine but like i've learned a lot through even that small example of like how I want my relationship to look in the future. And um, it just reminds me of like Rachel and Stephen in the Bible. Um, There's an account of, I wasn't intending on going this route, but um, there was an account of them and they were seen laughing together. Mm. And, you know, Rachel and Stephen's life was really hard. They had a lot of trials, but um, they still got to have that intimacy and laugh together even through the midst. So I think God's just, I don't know, relationships are so important. And he's just been really sweet to me to give me some. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. What about you, Christian? What Share a little two-minute testimony with us. All right. Um, so I was born uh, uh, on Cape Cod. Uh, what's so funny? Yeah, I feel like you almost said it in Cape Cod. <laughs> I was born on Cape Cod. Um, <laughs> born and raised here. And was pretty much raised up in the church, uh, went to the same church for the first 16 years of my life, uh, walked away for a little bit, came back and went to a different church, uh, and then COVID hit, fell away again until the first Sunday of 2021, and I found Harbor Church, which is where I currently am still serving, as you are, um, 
and love it. It absolutely changed my life and brought me back to um, the Lord. The Lord had never left my side, but I decided to take one step back for me and allow God to start walking in my life versus trying to be the leader in my own. Um, but I was raised in a Christian household and always looked up to my parents and that stuff. Um, and I'm very thankful for them being there and keeping me on track because they're the ones that kept asking, hey, you want to come check out this new church or check out this new church? So it was just good to have that because otherwise I don't know if I would have gone back, um, but it's what I needed. And when I first walked into Harbor, it was just like so many people came up and uh, welcomed me and talked to me, and it was really really awesome i felt at home right away Mm -hmm. um but i would never say i always knew jesus i knew he had died for me but i didn't have that relationship i hadn't uh, began to dig in at all i was just walking through life and it wasn't until probably the end of 2021 that i was like okay i'm gonna start reading my bible and beginning that relationship with christ and walking with him um, holding his hand uh, instead of him just walking next to me. And it's been so good just to see the growth over the past year and a half and two years almost and just to see what God's been doing with the relationships that are around me, the friendships, my family. It's just God is so good because I went from having minimal friends most of my life and not much to ever do to way more than I can possibly do in one day and so many friends it's amazing like god has just blessed me so much yeah that's good what would you say so growing up in missouri um what would you say your favorite part was i mean i guess i have a thing for this episode but um just the community Mm. um it was a blessing and a curse when I was 16 and people texted my mom and dad that I was speeding down a highway. Um, That's tough. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. I am thankful for it now that I'm older, but at the time it was tough because I'm like, who even told you guys that? And they're like, we're not telling you, but it doesn't matter anyways because you were seen by several people. And you're just like, Ugh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just love like the small town life. And I've told the story before. And I'll probably continue to do it. I just love, like, I didn't work my senior or I didn't go to school for a full day of my senior year. I went to work. Yeah. And I would be at work and I'd text my friends, hey, what are we doing tonight? And they'd be like, well, we're already at your house. So we'll figure it out when we get there and get home. And they're just hanging out in my house. And um, I just really believe in having open door policies and, like, yeah. stewarding, um, really, like, surrendering your the things that God's given you to back to him and to serve with the other people around you. And I think households are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've really missed just like that community. And that was my favorite part of it because there's always something to do. And I yeah. feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, well, we don't have anything to do around here because it's a small town, but there's always something to do. Yeah. Um, you know, someone's always graduating or somebody's always um, having a birthday. And, you know, we really, that sense of, um, you know, people say, don't do life alone. And yeah. That's so true. And I never had that feeling of doing life alone when I was living there because we did life together, yeah. all of us. So it was so good. It's all about finding the right people. And then you don't have to ever do anything alone. Even here on Cape Cod, if you're struggling with finding people, there's there's people to be found if you're willing to look and good people that will be by your side. 
Yeah. And I think another big part of that too is people are like, oh man, I'm so alone and I don't have people, but like, have you prayed and asked for a community yet? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think that they're content being by themselves, but like we're we aren't called to do life alone. And yeah, um, yeah, that's so good. But I do think there are, there will always be somebody there to do life with you. And yeah. um, it might not be somebody you want. And it might not even be something that's healthy for you. Um, so, you know, it's just about being careful and discerning what that's yeah. going to look like. But I think before I came to Harper and had the community that I now have with all of you guys there, um, I had six months of intense loneliness. But mm-hmm. I needed those six months because if I didn't have them, I wouldn't rely on my relationship with God over every other relationship in my life. Yeah, that's good. And I wouldn't value it and, you know, make time for it like I do now. Because I just, what do I, you know, the question, like, what do you, if you don't rely on him, Mm -hmm. if you don't understand who he is, then the question in your mind is then, what do I even need him for, Mm -hmm. you know? So it just, it takes time to learn him and to know him, to respect him. Yeah. Can you give like a piece of advice for anybody else out there that's struggling with loneliness at the moment? Like what, what did you hold on to in those, in those moments? Like, like obviously God, but like, what about his character? What, what helped you cling to him? Because I know for like a lot of people, myself included, you go through something hard and you run through to the first like distraction, the first uh, drug, the first whatever it is, and you get caught up in that. So like what, what kept you from running down one of those paths? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was 16, I was really questioning if, God even existed mm. for a few, a while. Um, so that was tough too. And I mean, I kind of, you know, for a long time, there was a lot of guilt and shame with that too, thankfully, mm-hmm. because Jesus is who he is. I don't have to have that anymore. Yeah. Um, so for several years, that was my story of going in, you know, ignoring the Lord and like, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. My dad was my pastor. Yeah. So like to say, oh, well, there's God in that and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Um, But like, you know, that's so true. You can see God in everything if he's giving you the eyes to see it. Um, And you're willing to receive. Yeah. But <sighs> I think in those months... You know, when you get into a relationship with somebody, whether it's a friendship or any other kind of relationship, like you have to take time to get to know them, mm. to understand them. And like, why Why do you do that? My favorite question that somebody's ever asked me, I did something and they said, why would you do that? Mm. And it wasn't anything necessarily bad, but just that question of, um, there's this Ted Lasso quote that's, um, stay curious, not judgmental. Mm-hmm. And just like seeking, like, why is this happening? And, um... So the six months were like really lamenting for me, Mm. um, which is the difference between um, grieving and lamenting is that lamenting is with God Mm, and you're not just doing it against God. You're rocking with him. And um, man, I've got a lot more to say than I thought I was going to, but um, in Daniel or not in Daniel, what can I think? David. There we go. Um, it says several times in the scriptures that um, David was with God 
and God is with David yeah. um, several times throughout. And the question then becomes, well, God, why were you always with David? Like, why, do you, why is that something that you say? And the answer is because David was always with God. Mm. And um, this is completely off the topic of what you asked. But um, just that intense lamenting of my life doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. Yeah. I had plans and I had what I thought it was going to look like. You know, I thought I was going to grow up and stay in the same state and do the same things and, you know, seeking God and trying to serve him. But mm-hmm. the question is, what's God's best for me? And so then when he, he start asking God, give me your best, what is your best? Help me to accept the things that are your best for me and not just things that I want. Yeah. Change my desires so that it can match yours. Um it's a, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to have to give up those things and give up those relationships and um, move across the country. Um, but I'm really thankful that I did. Yeah. But to, what I held on to was just his character. I had to learn his character. And um, I think that that goes into, I'm like preaching right now and I'm not trying to. Okay. Um, your identity mm-hmm. is like who where do you find your identity from mm-hmm. and if it's from social media your friends your family whatever it is all those things are false yeah you have to find your identity from who god says you are yep. and thankfully you know in genesis he says let us create god in our image which means that he looked at himself to make us yeah so all these things there's you know communicable and non-communicable um attributes of god that we get to have mm-hmm. so like <clears throat> We can't be omnipotent, mm-hmm. but we can be gracious. And um, I just held fast to learning and knowing who he said I was and taking time to lament over the fact that I just am not what I thought I was going to be. That's good. I don't know if that really answers your question, but there was a lot of other stuff in there. I think the identity was a key key piece. Just, it's such a common struggle. It's been the struggle since humans came on the earth. But like today's struggles with identity are so much different than back then. To a point, like we have so much like social media doesn't help anybody's identity. Yeah. But like, no, you you definitely hit it. No, oh, and I love that scripture that says, um, "There's nothing." that Paul writes, you know, there's nothing that you're going to struggle with that has not already been dealt with. Yeah. And that Jesus himself didn't already have to go through and have to deal with. Yeah, that's good. I think that that's such a encouragement to us. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, well, they never had to do this. But the answer is they did. Might not have liked exactly the way you are going through it, but that doesn't mean it's not something that you can't overcome. Yeah. And man you know the lord already gives us the tools that we need to get over what we're going through come on that's like that's the whole thing you know if you're if you're struggling with lust and you are always looking at your phone and you're saying stuff on that well what are you gonna do you're gonna get rid of the things that's on your phone that you can't stop looking at you know um i think as humans we love to stay in our spot that we're in Mm -hmm. and we love to um be the victim and yeah. have pity. But at the end of the day, like 
God's already given us the tools to get out of it. Yeah. That's just, that's the end of the story. And um, that's where free will comes in. Like, are you going to sit there and stay in your little area where you're okay? Just, yeah, I'm really struggling with this. Okay, well, this is what the Lord says you can deal with it. Ah, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then I don't want to hear about your problems anymore. Mm -hmm. I love you and I value you, but if you're not willing to grow and not willing to yeah. move on from this thing that you're struggling with and you're probably going to struggle with it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. But you don't have to, it doesn't have to have a hold on you. Yeah. That's what gotta, it is. You got to learn how to use the tools that God's given you instead of just looking at them and letting it overwhelm you. Yeah. And I love James 3. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much about this one question. Um, James three sixteen through 18, which was going to be, we just went through James at church. It says, but wisdom from above is first all pure. It is peace loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And I love that because he literally gives us a manual on how to know if something's from him or not. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> you know the few what something that our pastor always says is read the verse backwards yeah what does it say backwards um and so is it showing favoritism then it's not from him is it sincere then it is you know just you know yeah that's good okay i'm sorry too long that's good what is a piece of advice you would tell your younger self uh, I think I would tell my younger self to be more bold. Um, growing up, I was not bold. Um, I was very shy, very quiet, and it shaped who I am today, more or less. But like, there's a lot of things I didn't do because I was scared to do it, or just didn't feel confident enough to do it. I was very uh, self-conscious and um, allowed that to really dictate who I was. Um, and just boldness and taking a step in the directions that I wanted to walk in, but just not actually doing it. Um, and also just staying committed because that's one I still struggle with today is like finding the commitment to continue to carry something out. Yeah. Like uh, working out. I want to work out, but I struggle with working out because I'm like, I don't see the reason why. Like, yeah. I'm, what am I doing this for? But um trying to find a reason why I'm doing something and allowing that to motivate me towards uh, the accomplishment. Because um, most of my life, I would try something, and if I couldn't do it, I'd give up right there. And that, yeah. and that was it. I never went any further. And that um, definitely held me back. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know where I'd be today if I had been more bold and did more things, played sports and all that stuff. But I didn't. I was just at home doing my own thing. Um but I would say I was thankful for, um, I started working really early, um, earlier than most kids. And that really helped form my work ethic. Yeah. Um, and definitely helped my decision when my first bold decision was to go to a different high school. Um, and that took a lot for me. Yeah. But that was very helpful for me. Um, but otherwise, I think that's. The one other thing I would say is to grasp onto the Lord earlier on in my life because mm. 
Uh, like I said earlier, I didn't begin walking with him until about two years ago. He was by yeah. my side, but yeah. I wasn't allowing him to guide me. Um, and I look at our youth. Um, we're both youth leaders. Um, and I look at them now and think, well, if they can only have the faith I have right now at their age, by the time they're my age, they're going to be double or triple the point I'm at right now. Yeah. And I think that's like something so cool to grasp onto. And I wish I had done that, like grasped, grasped on earlier, because once again, that would have really changed my tra- trajectory Yeah. and allowed me to be in a different place. But with that said, I'm not disappointed with the place I'm at. I'm so thankful for where I'm at. Yeah. But just seeing myself and some of these kids um, and how much different their lives could be if they just held on and uh, found those people that are strong and pour into them and allow them to walk into the discomfort instead of just falling into the peer pressure all around them Yeah. and allow them to blossom and grow in Christ now versus four to five to six years down the line like that's the tip i give myself and the tip i try to give all our kids that we're um surrounded by these days because it's it's so um important like just the growth like how much different your life is when you're really willing to just yeah look to see what jesus would do like it's hard and you'll make mistakes but like in the end like you're growing yeah it's so important yeah it's so good where do you feel that uh, God has been calling you the most? Um, I feel right now he's really calling me uh, to be intentional about who's pouring into my life. Um, I have been serving in all these different ministries and um, just like these little things that I do for people around me, which aren't a big deal to me, which is fine. Um and I think that, like, the Lord definitely has his hand on all these things. And I feel that he's preparing me for something. But I have yet to know what that is. But that's okay, because that's where the faith is. Yeah. Um, you know, not having any clear direction is very difficult for me. Mm. Um, hence the six months of lamenting. Yeah. Um, but I think right now he's really calling me to have a mentor and have somebody who's going to pour into me. Um and be intentional about the place that I'm at right now in my faith. Yeah. And the next steps and being willing to serve and do these things and learn um, all these different departments, which is what I'm doing, which is really fun and um, refreshing kind of because I think a lot of times we get in our heads that like, oh, I can do this. Like, this is the way I'm going to serve. But at the end of the day, like we're called to grow in things that we aren't comfortable in. Yeah. The growth comes where the uncomfortability begins as well. So good. And, you know, I'm comfortable doing social media and I'm comfortable um, leading youth and all that, but I'm uncomfortable helping in the tech booth, which is something that I've been learning. Um, so yeah. it's just, it's cool to see like where the Lord's growing me. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Say your question again. Where's God calling me? Um, okay. I guess that's it. But you know, just being intentional about having my mentor. Yeah, that's good. Mentors are important. 
I'm in the same boat there, as you know. Mm-hmm. Just feeling um, the need of a, somebody a lot more spiritually uh, further than me to be pouring into me, as I've we we both do quite a bit of pouring out um, to those around us, which is amazing. Like I love it. Um, but just to be able to be filled yeah. consistently, so yeah. that I can continue to pour, versus pouring on empty, yeah. um, which is just unhealthy. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And I, you know, you and I are both spiritual leaders in probably ninety percent of the rooms that we walk in, which is awesome. And I feel um, so thankful that the Lord has grown me in a place where that's where I can be at. But yeah. it's simply unbiblical to not have somebody else who's ahead of me, who's working with me one on one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Sorry. I got lost in the sauce. Too much sauce. What do people misunderstand about you the most? A lot of people tend to actually think that I've been a Christian, like been walking with the Lord a lot longer than I actually have been. Like it's literally been two years, but I've, I've been pouring into people that are 10, 20 years older than me, even more. And that throws a lot of people off because they're like, well, what's what's the difference? And there is no difference. I've just really grasped on to the Bible and what the Lord's been telling me and listening to the Holy Spirit. But just knowing, like, it's so cool to have somebody, one, look up to me um, because I was always the one to be looking up to others. And I still do. But I never most of my life had anybody looking up to me I didn't feel like um so I'd say that's a small one um that's good though I had a friend who I never thought that I was a role model to her ever my entire life and now she's like going to bible school and like is leading um a church camp and stuff like that and I texted her I was like I, she texted me out of the blue and asked me if I was, how I was doing. And I was like, honestly, not great. And like, if you could just pray, then that'd be great. And she's like, yeah, but like, I'm proud of you. Like I've looked up to you since we were kids. And I'm like, she's only a year younger than I am. And I'm like, you looked up to me. Like you're, I feel like you're more spiritually mature than I am. But she's like, no, I don't feel that way. So I think that that's a testament too to like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard question. I, I can't really think of anything else that's people have vocalized to me that I'm like, well, you're wrong about that. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing. Yeah. And I know that you were talking about James 119 the other day. And I really feel like, and you said, I try to live my life out to that. And I think you do a very good job of that i can go off of that um a lot of people look at me now um with like the calm presence i always carry with me and the quietness and think well he must have always been like that and like yeah i was quiet growing up but i was not always like that i had a lot of anger problems and like freaked out quite a bit like it wasn't like bad enough for me to need uh, counseling or anything like that but I it controlled me quite a bit like small things really bothered me and um, 
kept me from doing things that I wanted to do and held me back. But a lot of people look at me now and think, well, he's so calm. How did he get there? And honestly, I don't know where it came from except for the Lord of me, like really focusing on, like you said, James 119, which is uh, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, that be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Um, and the key behind it at all was like not getting so caught up in what people said to me and getting allowing that to really eat away at me, just mm -hmm. kind of letting it wash away. Because okay. back to identity, like I know who God calls me to be. So even if somebody says something off the cuff and it's not correct, like the Holy Spirit has been able to be like, that's wrong. But also handling that, handling that conversation in a way where, like, I wouldn't bring it up right then. Just to kind of brush it off yeah. and move on from it. Because some conversations aren't worth fighting through. It's yeah. just, you might as well just listen and move on. Um, so I would go with calmness for sure. A lot of people just wonder where that came from. Because I wasn't always like that. Uh, I had that anger. And some of our youth have that. And I've been able to pour into them about, like, how you can overcome that a little. Like slow down a little and focus on the words you're saying focus on what's being poured into you focus on the people that are pouring into you yeah because if you have bad people pouring into you then you're not gonna get anywhere good you need Period. people that are going to hold you up and hold you strong and not walk away yeah. when you have a rage when you freak out because those those were never your real friends those yeah. were never the people that were meant to be next to you um and counting your wins, like you're going to have a lot of wins, you're going to have a lot of losses, but like it takes learning, learning who you are, learning your triggers, learning what bothers you before you're going to ever overcome that. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know if it's more of a misunderstanding, but like something that people have said to me before and just don't know the background of like, yeah. I haven't always been a calm person. Yeah. Well, and I think that that just goes to show, um, obviously a relationship with the Lord because self-control is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. 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 Uh, who would you say was the most influential person in your life? Yeah. Well, I think for me, I've a negative disposition. Mm. So whenever I think about somebody who influenced me, it's not always something that's positive. Mm. My friend Caleb who passed away um, when I was 18 was probably the most influential person in my life. Before he died and after, before he passed and after, um, you know, I, growing up, all my friends are guys. And I loved it. I did have some girlfriends, but like not, I didn't spend the time with them like I did with the guys. And yeah. um, there's, there's so many memories all the way from kindergarten to um, he didn't go, he didn't end up coming to school senior year. He died, um, right as soon as we started, mm. but, um, you know, just, I mean, that's 18 years of memories and the things we got to do and, yeah. you know, church camps and he dated some of my friends. So then that was fun too, because I got to hang out with two of my best friends all the time and, um, you know, like making sure he was coming to my sports games and, um, I think that the influence was mostly um, the way he lived life. You know, he was a Christian, but not, that wasn't the cornerstone of his life, mm. but he still lived his way in a biblical 
sense without actually realizing that he was living it yeah. to the way that God intended us to do it. So like, you know, we talked just talked about the Holy Spirit of like peace, kindness, patience, all of that. You know, yeah. he had all those things. He just didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's good. What experience has most shaped your view of God? Um, I'll go with something more recent. Um, so there's a, as you know, a uh, beach worship night called One Way um, that one of my good friends uh, began back in 2020. At One Way Movement on Instagram. Shameless plug. And she and a bunch of other people came together, felt God's calling, and started this. And I wasn't yet going to Harbor yet, so I had no idea about it. But once I started going to Harbor, I got invited to it. Um, and when I went there, I still wasn't like, this was at the beginning of like me walking towards the Lord again. Like, I knew he was there, but I was walking towards him, ready to, um, getting ready to pick up my Bible, read, learn about him. But I went to this worship night by myself. It was, I was kind of scared to go because I was like, there's going to be a lot of people I don't know here. Um, what am I going to do? And I went and it was so welcoming. I went down and got to meet a bunch of people and worship God on the beach and hear a message out in public and like that's just not something you see here in massachusetts it doesn't happen in new england that much it's it can be really cold up here uh temperature and heart um and it was the first time i felt a deep connection to so many people my age because it was like 18 to i don't know 35 and it was just so neat to have so many people praising the lord on the beach in public unashamed and it really spoke to me because i have uh, romans 116 tattooed on me and that's for i'm not ashamed of the gospel for the power of the lord created it first to the jew and then to the gentile but it's it was the first time i felt probably like i didn't have to be ashamed of this there were other people and I began to probably reshape my identity around that time of like, okay, I don't have to be so dependent on what people are requiring of me. Like, I can be who I am, be who God has called me to be. Um, and I think it affected me a lot more than I even realized. And coming on to then joining the team a year later and uh, still being on the team now, it's just so amazing just to see the opportunities that are coming through that. Um with me speaking soon it's just been so so amazing to be a part of it and also just watch the ministry grow and we hold about the same amount of people number wise but it tends to be a lot of new people every time which is yeah. so neat which means we're reaching a large uh, spectrum of people all over um, New England and that's just it's been so cool to watch and be yeah. a part of and I'd say that really, really uh, influenced me and uh, affected me and helped me um, focus on what I think God wanted for me. And I'm still walking that path now, kind of 
feeling it out and seeing what God has, but uh, it's a step-by-step, so yeah. it's been so good. That's good. What do you feel is a struggle that um, God has made uh, into a positive for you? Probably the same thing that I've been talking about this entire episode. Just the lamenting sucks. It's horrible. Mm. And it's uncomfortable. And it, it's, it literally sucks. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have been able to grow like I have been able to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that sucked. But, you know, now I know things. And I think, you know, we get experience and... I think that any struggle that we go through, if we um, look to seek God through that, it will be a positive. Yeah. Like my friends passing away, like yeah. that sucked bad, but now I get to help other people who are going through the same thing. And yep. um, I get to know what it's like to love somebody as much, love people as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And I still have that love for them, but not have a, anywhere to channel it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Can you explain what you think your purpose is in one sentence? To glorify God and to serve others. Period. Just elaborating on that because I'm not going to just stop there. But like the Bible calls us to do that exact stuff like i feel like that's kind of everybody's calling it just looks different for everybody Mm -hmm. um but just currently i'm trying to walk with my hands open to see where god's taking me um as this the word of the year for me is clarity i go i do a word of the year every year um and to uh, this year is is clarity and God has kicked a lot of doors down. Once I've like began to open it, he just kicks it all the way open and says, all right, this is the way you're walking. And that's been like really neat to be a part of. Like it's tough, like some of the things he's taken away, but also the things he's bringing into my life. Yeah. Uh, Cause clarity comes in different forms. It all depends on everybody's perspective. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been cool to watch. I just completely lost what I was talking about. I don't even remember the question. Your purpose in one sentence? Which you kind of... Yeah, glorify God and serve others. <laughs> um, it might be God telling you that's enough, buddy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and that's on clarity. <laughs> Alright, well I'm done then. I'm done. Well thank you all for tuning in to our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you guys come back and listen to the next one. Yeah, we have a lot of great guests on. It's gonna be so exciting. The lineup it's, is crazy. It really is. We have great people, great friends, and just great content and Wow, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah we will. Come check us out again. It's Gail. And it's Christian. (laughs) See ya. Okay, bye.